We all got skills. We have talents and we have passions. But mine, mine happens to be sex. <laughs> this is the Fun Sexual Podcast with your oversharing swinky best friend, Majesty. And I'm talking sex and all of the ways and all of the things that make sex, well, fun. Welcome back to another episode of the Fun Sexual Podcast. It is your kinky, swinky, best friend majesty, a.k.a. the sexy sweetheart, a.k.a. the wholesome hoe, a.k.a. the play party princess, a.k.a. a fistful of fun, a.k.a. the cultivator of good vibes. And if you are watching right now, which I hope you are watching right now, you're going to see that I have a guest here today. Some of you know this guest as Mr. Fire Marshal NYC. Some of you might know this guest as Pro Ho for Show. But I'm going to allow this guest to introduce themselves. Howdy. Uh, yeah, so that's the going thing. <laughs> um, how do I say it? My name is Bobby. <laughs> I go by Bobby. I usually introduce myself as Bobby. But for branding purposes, we're going to go with uh, Fire Marshal, uh, which is a name that was given to me uh, by my predecessors. Put it like that. Dope. And then because of Instagram and their problems, <laughs> uh, I had to change my name so many times that when I came up with the Proho for show, mm -hmm. that stood. And so now everything across the board is Proho for show. Proho for show. Except for the new Instagram because Instagram canceled the last one. <laughs> yeah. Dealing with Instagram, it has been a very like stressful process as a person who works in like sex positive spaces and is trying to like create community and educate people. Like it's yes. they they're making it really hard. It's getting to the point where I'm like, if I if the fun sexual Instagram gets deleted, I don't know that I'm gonna start a new profile. So I said that five times. Um, I'm on. <laughs> Instagram number 12. Damn. I've been on Instagram since the beginning because I went to a university in Oklahoma where we were the beta testers for most of these apps that are out. Mm -hmm. So I had the original account. Okay. But as the years go past and they put more restriction and more restriction, even our account started getting deleted, even though some was of the us beta. had the... Y'all was the OGs. Yeah, we was the original <laughs> set. So... <laughs> Now, and, and a lot of these apps, I don't even know how to operate them because I'm like, damn, y'all can do that now? Mm -hmm. Are you doing the same shit that they was doing? Um, TikTok, so. TikTok is one that I like refuse to get on TikTok. I tried it like three times. They keep TikTok. deleting me. TikTok, TikTok is hard to, TikTok is very hard to use. To, to me, because I'm not the most tech savvy person. Like, and, I, and quite honestly, having to learn a whole new like system is just, it's a lot. So I just. I don't have the time. I don't, I don't, I don't do the TikToking. <laughs> I'll leave that to the kids. <laughs> So I met Bobby Prof Hofa Show, Fire Marshal NYC, officially at um, the Experience Covet Erotic Opera. Um, they brought you in as one of the performers, and mm -hmm. your set was super duper dope. Thank you um, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it, and Fireplay was something that I, I had never, I had seen plenty of times. Mm -hmm. It was something that I had never experienced, and I feel like I got to see it way closer than I ever really have. So I really enjoyed your your set, and, and just Thank that you. event altogether was like that event was a lot. <laughs> like it was a, it wasn't even big, but it was huge. It was quality wise. That's I talked about. Big. I had Boone on an episode. The quality of that, which it sets the bar uh, high, a really high event. The caliber of people that were brought there, mind you, these are people that I didn't even know at first. I've had conversations with them, mm -hmm. but I did not know the level that the persons were on, 
and to get there and the vibe was set the way it was in the areas that it was, mm-hmm. the things that we did and how we maneuvered, mm-hmm. uh, that was really up there, especially for me. Yes. You know, my experience is mainly New York, but to go to LA for, that was my first time in LA. Okay. So going to LA for the first time and then walking into an, an experience mm-hmm. like it was, <laughs> it was, that was big. It was, it was, it, really was it was huge. It was very well done. I told you guys there was like super like high level kinksters. Yes. And it's funny that to hear you say that because I, you know, just met you a month ago in LA for the first time, right. but I had seen, I've seen, first the black king community, it ain't that big. No. It, it, like New York has it better than, we were talking about it, New right. York has it better than most places, but altogether, it really ain't that big. So you're two degrees of separation from anybody yes. at any point there. in time. If you get your information out there and there's enough people that will process it, then you're going to get seen. And But the thing about it is, and it's just coming from my standpoint, I thought that there were more. Mm. Um, and come to find out, it's really not. And so when you talk about the black community, I'm pretty much, as far as a conversational piece, know most of the people. Or they know me or mm-hmm. know of me. Mm-hmm. They, at least they know my name. Mm-hmm. The people know who Fire Marshal is. They may not have got a chance to meet me. We've had conversations. And I'm talking about some of the legendary folks. Um, But it's not as big as I thought it was. Or if it is, I ain't made it to those those spots yet. I I feel like the... the, I I was thinking about it earlier today. I was like, if there are black kinksters that I don't know. Because I know a lot of people just from being in the space. I'm primarily in swing spaces. Um, I know a lot of people from being in those spaces... But if I haven't shared space with you at this point, if I haven't seen you around at this point, mm-hmm. if I haven't see, crossed paths on Instagram at this point, I'm like, I probably don't know you at this point because it's, it's not that big. It's just, it really is. It seems like a big community, but people come in, dabble in, play in it, figure yep. it out, and then decide that and it's not for them and be out. But the people who remain are the people who remain. <laughs> I would say maybe a good 40% of people came around. During the pandemic, they were not there when I first started. I will, I will, forty uh, percent. I, I, I would have to really think hard about a number, but there was definitely a lot of new kinksters hitting the scene. These were people that I had never heard of, and mm-hmm. I'm like, "You're who? <laughs> You're from where?" I didn't even know they had a scene because we've been trying to build, get people, yeah. out, or the people come from there that came to New York mm-hmm. or wherever else, and was like, "They don't have a scene there where I'm at," and I'm like. But he, yeah, but they said but that they you. Said, uh, but they just did an event. That's what I was just saying. Cause so I've never, <laughs> I've never really tried to branch out into like the kink scene in Chicago. But I, from one fat life, I see events and mm-hmm. things happen. So I assume that there is a black kink community in Chicago. So I really wouldn't. Maybe There's I gotta go the, and check uh, it out. I don't know. The black, uh, is it kinky black munch? It's something like that. They do have that their own black munch. They do have their own black munch. Okay. I'm not sure how big it is. Okay. Uh, Detroit, we have Detroit Black Munch, which is by my Onyx sister. And I was like, that's where uh, you're, you didn't say, that's where you're located in, yeah, I'm uh, in Detroit. Detroit. Um, I left New York when COVID started uh, because I lost, I was one of the first people to lose my job. So um, I went home and then I stayed home for, I've been home since October of 2019. Okay. I haven't really done too much of anything in Detroit because. I don't know who the people are in Detroit Mm -hmm. and people don't answer their, you know. (laughs) So when you see like on uh, FetLife, I generally only use FetLife for events uh, (laughs) or the people I already know. On FetLife, when you get the list of events that's in that city, Mm -hmm. either I can't go to it or it's white. Can't go to it because of what? I can't go to it because it's either somewhere that I can't even get to. Okay. 
Um, just to let y'all know, Detroit is not transportation friendly. Like people think our bus system is not set up. Like here in New York, <laughs> I can just act. If I decide that at 10 o'clock that I wake up, that I want to go find a party, mm -hmm. I know that I can get on the one train and hit it and be there. In Detroit, if it's after 10 o'clock, it's like if I ain't got no car or if I don't feel like paying for no Uber, if an Uber even come, because we have that problem. We don't even have as many Uber drivers <laughs> as you think. You're not going to get there. My one experience, I think I've only been to Detroit, Detroit one time. I went for a, um, a Nesby conference and we rented a house, a really nice house, an Airbnb, mm -hmm. had like five or six bedrooms, nice big house. Mm -hmm. But it was the only house on the block that had lights on. And I was like, where the fuck they everything got me else, at? Everything else is gone. Since 2008 with that market crash, everything mm -hmm. is gone. Like, there's nothing. My mom's a mail carrier. And I toured her route with her when I went home. And where she would have blocks that were 15, 16 houses, there's only one or two houses left in her route. It's and so it was desolate. like she actually cried because of uh -huh. it. It was it was like, because she knew all these people. Yeah. You know, as a mail carrier, you know your customers. Yeah. They're not there anymore. And so now you have all of these people that are coming into the country buying up what properties left mm -hmm. and fixing it. But Airbnb you get that one house on three blocks, <laughs> and then those three just three houses in that mm -hmm. next block is falling over there, dilapidated. Mm -hmm. So it's like that's know. that's unfortunate. And they throw parties in them. Um, <laughs> and they probably they might be lit. That they might be where the black kicksters is at. TV, we stop. I'm, but I'm no. rumors. Yeah, we don't. So, Detroit doesn't have that many, and a lot of, actually, we have a place called Oblige Rope, um, which is a beautiful building. It's an older, one of Detroit's older buildings, and they gutted the first floor, mm -hmm. and the entire place is rigged. They can, they could suspend 40 people at one time. That sounds dope. And it's couches all around, outside, the, the entire people? floor is matted. It's whoever wants to come. Like, I, I've actually do seen. It primarily, do it be black people in there? The scene is. Whatever. Okay. Detroit is, is mixed when it comes to the kink scene because they don't have a lot of spaces. So it's anybody that gets there. Okay. Um, but that place is really nice. I've only been inside of it once. Um, and then they had a black kinkster. He calls himself Master Fire or something. It's from Indianapolis. Master Fire. I've never I heard of him. I didn't know either. Okay. And that's why I'm an asshole. So I'm a little bougie when it comes to fireplace. Because <laughs> I, you know, as far as black tops... There's black players that play with fire, but they're fire tops. It's the difference. Okay. Uh, Let it be known. Okay. We're so talking OGs over here. I felt here. like when I didn't know them, I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> uh, and I know there's people that do the same shit to me. Like, who the fuck is this? Happy Pride. I didn't even get to say. Happy, uh, yeah. Pride. Happy Pride. I'm probably, I'm not sure when I'm going to drop this. Up. I'm, I'm probably going to drop this upvote so before the month ends. But Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Which is not, and, and so much is this weekend. So just let you know, tomorrow is my birthday also. It is. Yes. Happy early birthday. You. Then you got Juneteenth. Yeah. Father's Day. Yeah. Um, Folsom East. I don't know what New that York. is. What the, what the hell is Folsom it? East is the leather festival for okay. New York City. And I want to talk about that because definitely the leather community, as we were talking about, is a, is a community that I haven't I haven't touched. Mm -hmm. um, I know some familiar faces from the leather community, um, mm -hmm. just in, in mostly through social media, definitely not too much in person. But what what is the basis of the, what is the leather community? What is some background about the leather community? What is a leather family? like? Just, like, just impart all of the knowledge on me because I really don't know. It's so much. There is is so much history. There's so much diversity. There's so much that has changed within the time that I've got into it in the last six years. Um, leather is protocol. 
you a lot of people are doing leather and don't know that they're doing it. Leather is not about the dress itself. Um, and that's actually called Leather Levi because everybody that's a leather person does not wear leather. Leather Levi. Yes. So okay. we have a lot of vegan. We have vegan, vegan leather. Uh, vegan people. <laughs> so Levi is that is that section and that's the original it was leather levi and it was the bikers it okay the, yeah they were these were military gay men that started this scene okay but they not the what they were doing is kinky what they were doing is basically the protocol behind it which looks like what in the leather community um like as far as it differentiates from like bdsm in traditional BDSM, like BS dynamics bdsm is the protocol so it's in the it's in the way that you operate and so, how you do things. If you see a submissive, so one of the things was what denotes a submissive from a dom in a leather community or a leather family or in leather like spaces. The operation of how they do things, the okay. mannerism, and so, but that has changed because we're so inclusive now. Okay. So originally, if um, and I'm just I'm I'm getting on bullshit points. Um, if you were in a club or a bar in the leather scene back then, submissives wore white shirts. Okay. Uh, dominant men wore black shirts or gray shirts. And at that time, the leather scene was was men only. Mainly men. Okay. There were there were other people, but it was mainly men. The pro, like I said, the protocol is what made the scene, and that started with men. Okay. That was the military men. Um, the protocol was, and this is going to fuck a lot of people up. If I was at the club and I am a dominant and I see a submissive person because they've shown me that they're submissive because they have on their white shirt. If I told them to come here and they came here, that was consent. Whatever the fuck we did and I made you do, you consented to it already. What there the was no I had a choice or I was into this or I like to do that. That was not it. That's not how it started. So that's what I mean by there's elevation in everything that you do mm -hmm. and you evolve into a whole new thing. Um... Gradually to graduate, uh, <laughs> you you learn. That's my affirmation for today. Um, <laughs> gradually to graduate, um, you'll find that a lot of things back then changed as the people got older or they mm -hmm. got more into things and they wanted to move forward with mm -hmm. stuff. So, like I said, if you saw submissive, the submissive came. It was about the dress code, the what we call code. Uh, I could walk into a room and read the room. I can know who I was going to talk to and who I wasn't going to talk to by what they wore and how they wore it. Mm -hmm. The colors the that bandanas. they wore. The hanky coat was part of it, but that was still a little further down in the scene. Okay. But that was the signal. So I could see what side that you wore your flag on and what color, and then I knew what you were into. Okay. And I knew if you were the top or the bottom, um, if you were the dominant or the submissive. Um and it was mainly slave at the time because it was master slave. It wasn't as much of as a submissive. Mm -hmm. It wasn't much of a bottom mm -hmm. or like what you thought with the D types. It wasn't top. It was everybody was sir. Okay. We greet everybody as sir until we're told otherwise. Um, I still call people ma'am, and that's because I'm I have a southern upbringing. Even though I'm from Detroit, I have a southern upbringing. I still call that people ma'am, but I have to look for collars and stuff so that I don't. Fuck over mm -hmm. the person and mis and, uh, and miscommunicate with the people, um, because a lot of times even a slave was when you walked into the space and it was a kink space and it was for that they were asshole naked. That's what I'm talking about. You didn't have no leather. <laughs> leather was gifted to you, okay, because it was earned. Mm -hmm. It was not. I you don't just come in with it. Just yeah. buy it. You, that was 
the kids got it good these days. I bought all my shit. <laughs> uh, I, I, but I've been gifted a lot. So that's another thing I can tell you about it. Um, as the scene has progressed and mm-hmm. how it's moved, then adding in the heterosexual part to it and norms of it, uh, those pers- persons coming in, um, the operation and how you do stuff, like you had to... You had to be winged in by someone. You didn't just step into the scene. You came into the scene because somebody brought you into the scene. It was something that they felt into you. It was something that they knew that you knew how to keep secret, that you weren't just out there blabbering. Like, now that we have all of the stuff that is going mainstream, mm-hmm. it actually kind of hurts the scene itself. Why? I'm, I'm, I, have a, I have a thought about that as well. But I Because it, cha- it changes so many operations, and then it takes away from the arousal. So I have this 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 kind of idea, like as you were saying, when COVID happened and all of these new kinksters are coming into the scene. I, and I'm primarily I, I'm primarily in the swing space right now, but mm-hmm. even still, the swing space is still seeing this influx of people. Yes. And so there's so many people, so many people that are green, and so they need to be caught up. They need to get caught up to speed. They need to be educated, right? And then there's so many people that are like, I can make money throwing these parties and now they're throwing parties and they're not teaching people the right way because they don't know the the right way. So it's like this thing where it is like, you have to like tiptoe and dabble because a lot of people are are in it right now, mm-hmm. but don't really know the proper ways mm-hmm. to move. And I'm not saying that there's one way to move about, but there is, you need to have a basis understanding of like consent. You have to, like, uh, uh, in all of kink, BDSM, swing, right. leather, all of it, they, you have to have th- that the foundation at which any of this community is built on is consent. And, and a lot of people don't understand that or they don't know what it looks like or their definition of consent, the way they were taught it was different. And it's like... I, it's not what your uncle taught you. It's not, it's not what your uncle taught you. Consent is easy. Mm-hmm. Did I give you permission to, to, to do this thing, to engage in this thing with me? Yes or no. If I did not give you explicit permission and say, like, I want to do this or let you know clearly where you're not confused of whether or not I want to. If you're confused, that wasn't, you didn't get consent. So I'm going to go into that when we talk about consent. Oh, you, you can so, go to it now. So what happens with that is um, we have a lot of upbringing where we were taught to talk to a woman in a certain way as a man. Cat calling, all that type of shit. So right now, at this point, you should be canceled for that. Yes. <laughs> for cat calling and stuff. But yet we got TikTok videos of women telling because men have on their the hoochie their daddy shorts, shorts to cat call them. I was gonna ask you, how do you? Because I got to a little fake little argument with some of my friends about that. If you're walking down the street and you get cat called, do you feel like do you feel good about it, or would you feel would that make you feel uncomfortable? I think it's dependent on the person. Okay. Which I think a lot. That's everything is about attraction. Yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. is about attraction. And so if you are not attracted to it, it's like the bitch. <laughs> but then it's like if you're attracted to him, like I... nigga, you might get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> keep it, keep Don't it up. Don't play with me. Yeah. I, I so mean what I say. It's really uh, it's really about attraction. And and um, that's why I'm gonna go back into the consent because even consent has to deal with a lot of attraction. Um there are a lot of people that see something and they want to do something okay and they'll consent to it mm-hmm. then when their friend don't like what it is oh i didn't consent to that and now you have a lot of dominance and a lot of service types that don't want to work because of that whole situation of fear of being canceled mm-hmm. because people change their minds or they can't be real with themselves and so they use consent as that basis well because now i can take my consent back at any time so consent is used as a weapon 
right now? I have not seen that. I've I've definitely heard of Doms, especially in New York, getting canceled, but because they have some very risky, interesting, sh- mm-hmm. intricate shit going on with the people that they decide to play with. But um, I've never seen consent in that way weaponized. But I also like to when I let me see, how can I say this? I'm very particular about where I where I spend my time. Mm-hmm. Um, the spaces that I spend my time, the people that I spend my time. If I go somewhere and I'm not feeling, if you, if I went to a party and y'all didn't give a consent speech before the party kicked off, I ain't coming back. Which is 99% of them do not. I'm not coming back. That oh. is for me, that is a, that is a hard requirement because if you are not taking the time to make sure that, that I am safe in your space, you don't give a fuck about me oh. and I'm leaving. And, and, and I don't want to, as a person who's definitely, I'm a switch, but I, I've definitely dabbled more into the, the sub space lately. Mm-hmm. I've really been enjoying that. I don't want to have to step into the, when I come here, I don't want to have to educate all the time and have to like step, I have to, when I have to tell somebody like okay this is what consent looks like and this is why you can't just slap my ass and this is like when i have right. to have those conversations it takes me out of that that role I, I i paid my money to be here or i took my time to be in here because i wanted to be in that space mm-hmm. and now i have to step out of that to do this and step back into it and i don't want to have to do that so if you can't can't teach your people as, as a person who's like an event host mm-hmm. if you can't teach your people how to operate in this space it's not a safe space for me it's not a space that i'm comfortable in being and it's, it's not a space that i want to go to there are a lot of promoters that have Ooh. never even been to an actual real party. Ooh. There are a lot of promoters that don't understand um, safety for mm-hmm. people. They don't even understand the small because things they, having seeds and having scissors care. around to make sure you can cut somebody out. They don't understand like those those things that you need to know. When you do it and you know it, you know it. Like, I guarantee you half of the people that are event promoters, especially a lot of times the swing community, that will have a kingster come in and to do different demos on people that the kinks the the person that's promoting the party don't even know what's involved in what the kingster is doing don't even know if you're putting your people your in, people in danger mm-hmm. but yet because you know that you can charge that that mail ticket is 150 dollars, you don't even give a fuck or you even get into the party and then that mail ticket was 150 dollars, but now you need more men in the party and then you turn around and you charge them 200 dollars at the door and then that man is coming in there thinking that this he is a fuck party. He better get some pussy for, for $200. This is a fuck party. But what you don't do, what you don't know about what the clubs do, is that they have ringer women. What's a ringer woman? This is the woman that I've paid to have sex with those men that they have not gotten sex. Are you serious? Oh, hell to do the Do you think that these clubs would survive if they just wait, <laughs> if they wait on just the women to come in? Yeah, Most I women mean, will come to a party for free and not fuck. Anyone in the party, she'll sit there and she'll have an attitude and she'll drink up all the liquor and everything else, and then she'll walk right on out the door. And now <laughs> your men that's actually paying for the building, that's paying for the liquor and the alcohol, that's paying for your Uber to get back and forth, forgetting these Ubers is fifty, sixty dollars. Um, <laughs> so you're depending on those tickets, yeah. and a lot of people don't understand that. So now you're going into that whole situation as a promoter. I am really amazed by this idea of a ringer woman, and I would love to talk to somebody who um, has actually done that. Because I just, I don't know, maybe because if I want to fuck you, I don't, like, I just don't want to fuck you. Like, you know, I'm not, you, there's, I, the I don't want to do it. Because the mentality of reason why a lot of men do not get any sex is because of their attitude, is their approach. And, and I agree with that. And we're falling apart on approach because we're all in our phones, and we're on the internet, and we're not actually talking to people anymore. 
we literally have lost socialization. Absolutely, definitely would say that people are, are are very weird sometimes. In person, even if sometimes I find myself, I feel very awkward. Like I'm, a, I'm I tend to be pretty social, but also sometimes I feel really awkward, and sometimes mm-hmm. I also just don't want to socialize with people. Like that's a thing. But you'll be surprised how hard it is to actually find men to come to play parties as like an event host. Yeah. Solo women tickets sell the fastest. Couple tickets yeah. gone. Solo men tickets are so hard to get rid of uh, because it's a bill. It's but so I don't do the gender pricing. Okay. I don't do the I don't do the gender pricing. It's a flat rate solo. It's solo. I do solos and duos. I'm about to start doing trios, but um, solo and duo, and that's it. I don't do the gender pricing because I don't like the idea of somebody feeling like I paid more to get in here, so I better get my money's worth type mm-hmm. thing. Like I don't like that. I don't like the way that feels. And quite honestly, somebody else had brought it up to my attention. They were like, honestly, the women got the money. If you're gonna charge people more, charge the women more. They got the they got the bag, and women will pay. If the for women what they are want. there, the men will come. But but I don't I don't, and I don't want to I don't want to I don't try to have my stuff with that mentality. I pay the price, and I'm not. Another thing, when I when I host events and stuff like that, I'm not doing it to make ten thousand dollars off mm-hmm. of an event. Like, yes, I want to make money. No, mm-hmm. I do not want to take an L on anything, and I would like to make some money because it's a lot of time and effort that gets right. put into. But but I am not doing this to 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 be the next whatever the fuck. Like I'm doing this because. I wanted spaces to commune in this way. Right. And I want to make sure that I have spaces for people who also want to do the same things that I want. It's selfish. It is it really, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it might sound bad, but it's it's out of it was out of a selfish need. I wanted spaces that looks like it felt like what I what wanted you space. Want to be. And That's so why you I come them. to pay your money so that you have a good time. Exactly. And a lot of people feel like they're in full attention when they walk into a lot of places. Mm-hmm. So just letting y'all know, I I am a professional events planner. I did wedding planning. I've done million dollar weddings. I work in Chicago. I ran a catering department for a tri campus university. You do everything. So that's where my <laughs> hospitality background came from. Um, I've worked in law firms, research firms, all of that as their hospitality director. Okay. So that's why I was in New York. Okay. Um, and I've lived in place Chicago, Vegas, New York. Detroit, Houston, uh, Oklahoma City, Tulsa. <laughs> All over the place. Blood. So, um, and that was the that was my main thing. Now, the other thing that you a lot of people don't know is I have really bad social anxiety. Really? So, when I walk into a space and I'm kind of looking down or I'm always on my phone, it's because I'm trying to get a feel for the space. Or I really don't feel comfortable if I don't know people. Like, when I told Boone when I came to Experience Covey, that was the first time that I met everybody there except for Oya. I've been knowing Oya for a few years. Zer Oya. Yeah. So that was the only reason why, walking into that space, I knew who he was. I didn't know anybody else there. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of had to figure out how That I was, was not the vibe that you, you know, and I, I, I don't think I have social anxiety. Um, social anxiety isn't something that I, that I deal with, but mm-hmm. I do deal with anxiety in different ways. Um, but that was definitely not the vibe that you gave off because you came into the house you were just, you were just with the shits like I, it was just you know with it with everybody because i had to you know but then when you go into the bedroom it was like okay <gasps> did i fuck up did i say the wrong shit <laughs> you know because a lot of times it's like did i say the wrong shit okay you know to people and then i've been in a lot of spaces that a lot of other people have not and so i see a lot of different things that other people don't i'm also i'm scanning rooms when i walk into it i'm looking for a whole lot of shit i'm looking at what I can get away with and what I can't. Um, I'm a gay man and I'm in mostly heteronormative spaces. So there's a lot of shit that I can say and that I can't say because I don't want to disrupt the party. 
Okay. But then sometimes I have to disrupt the party because of dungeon dumb master ass, of dumb ass people. <laughs> I, and I am usually a dungeon master, mm-hmm. but I have to I have to interrupt certain things on how a lot of times operation. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I have to deal with more women when it comes to operation than men. I'm not surprised. Um, mm. The women sometimes take it a whole lot further, and they use the excuse, "Oh, I'm a woman." Somebody. So I just had an event this past weekend, and, and a guy came to me after the party, and he was like, um, "You know, he pulled me to the side, and he was like, you know, can I talk to you?'" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And he was like, "You know, I, you know, I, I didn't know how to tell you this, but like, there was a woman here, and she just made me feel a little uncomfortable." And I'm like, "What was she doing?" He was like, "She was like touching me and like grabbing me." And I'm very explicit when I give my consent mm-hmm. speech of what con- I give an example of what consent looks like. Literally, I will tell you verbatim how you can ask somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I try to I try to lay that out. So the fact that that happened, and then he couldn't. She had already gone. He waited till the end of the night. He couldn't tell me what she looked like, and mm-hmm. it, like so that I was a little frustrated because I was like, I want to know because people who you, I'm a, I'm a zero tolerance person. One time you fuck up and you're out. That's it. I'm not gonna allow you to continue to, to 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 intrude on my space if if you don't know how to act when you are in my space. So I, that I, was that was a little frustrating for me. A lot of times when we fail to forget that we are still in the times where gender has its privileges, and because sure. we're moving into a, a lot more people that are going genderless. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to make sure that when we make our speeches and what we're talking about, that we include them into that speech. Yes. Because a lot of times women think that the consent thing doesn't apply to them. Uh It only applies to the man, and you're directly talking to the men when you say it. And that's why a lot of men won't come to events, because they be like, shit, I know that, and I don't operate like that. But me walking into the space, not everybody's going to feel like that if they don't know me. I'm the outcast. I'm the problem. And that was the reason. So when I do my consent speech and I give my example of what consent looks like, you know, as a woman giving the consent speech, I purposely, usually, you know, it's the man coming to the woman and saying, you're beautiful and I would love to whatever the hell. Mm Mm-hmm. I make sure I do that to a man because I okay. want you to see. I want you to see it both ways. Like mm-hmm. we, we know that it's gonna happen the other way, but I also want you to see it the mm-hmm. other way so that you can acknowledge the fact that it's not a one sided thing. Both parties, all parties, whoever it is involved, just give, just fucking get permission. It's the easiest thing in the world. Just get permission. Like and nobody wants to leave a space and feel uncomfortable. And like people, when y'all getting permission from people, when someone is speaking to you, you don't have to be rude to the person just because you don't want to. No does not have to be so fucking harsh. It doesn't have to be harsh. It don't have to be rude. It could be like, thank you, but thank no, I'm okay. <laughs> I I thank you for asking me, mm-hmm. you know, but at this time, i just not comfortable at this time. Maybe later, maybe not. <laughs> you but know, turn into a joke, you, but, but thank you. you. Thank you, you know, and, and if, if you do see me do it with someone else, just don't take it personal. Uh, I'm offense. not going that much into detail. I, I'm I just do, thank you. Because oh now what I've learned from that is that when it's more social, when it's more acceptable it that way, mm-hmm. and it, the people understand that, they'll understand that it, the next time it happens to them, they won't take that offense. All of this shit is a learning process. Yes, very much so. And, and, and you got to take, really on both sides, you got to take your ego and check that shit at the dough. And a lot of people don't. Check a lot of people ego walk at into the dough. I'm Top this person. Or bottom. I'm this person. Ego and I'll be like, at the dough. Okay, bitch, you ain't nothing. You ain't. You ain't. <laughs> so I wanted to do an icebreaker. All right, we're going we're gonna to do a quick one. So I am going to throw out a letter. Okay. And you have to think of the most, just fire, rapid fire, the most vulgar word that you can think of that starts with that letter. Ooh, vulgar word. Okay? 
Are you ready? L. Lust. P. Pussy. M. Masturbation. B. Bitch. <laughs> D. Doggy style. O. Obtuse. Obtuse. Oh, there's a lot of things you can do in an obtuse manner. <laughs> okay. Uh, and last one, I'm going to give you Q. Throw this switch wow. the game a little bit. Switch wow. the game. Come on. Queef was the first word that came into my mind. <laughs> Queef. Damn. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't Damn, that's one of the words you forget about. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It be happening a little too often. I can't quite forget about that's it. That's the new like normal. That's the new thing they like. To... You know what's funny? Like, like, there's a lot of things that people like that I be like. They don't even say queef. They say fart on it. Mm-hmm. Make it talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody wanted to make it talk now. Like, I heard somebody last night. Literally, I was sitting right where you were sitting last night at an event. And this woman said that she's from um, from England, and she said that you know how when we were little, we the, the girls you, you call your your vulva, your pocketbook, your cookie, like the, the cute thing that you call it. She said they called it your front bottom, front bottom. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I would front laugh at it for a minute, but I'd be like, huh? <laughs> or it'd be one of those when I turn my head and be like, huh? Front. She said front bottom. I was like. And I had to ask a couple people. I was like, "It makes sense." So I know what yeah. she's talking about, but also a front bottom. I thought that that was. I thought that was very but interesting. You know, the, the English people, they they're they're very picky. Yeah, what you tool? It's, <laughs> it's different. Like you, you gotta be on it yourself when you deal with. But that's with anybody else's. Like every every culture is different, yeah. and I respect it for what it is, and I appreciate it for what it is. I just know that me being. Are, are very, I'm a very raunchy person. Okay. You know, of course, you know you turn it off when you have to turn it off and stuff. But I, I enjoy being a very raunchy person. I love to sit in, sit in my raunch and my filth and my just disgustingness. And so having to call my, I like to call my coochie my coochie or my pussy a front. I body. love that the word coochie came back. Yes, and it's not derogatory like it was when I was a kid. When you said the coochie, that it means was like it is dirty. Thing. Yeah, and. Me being like I said, and I'm and I'm I'm, I'm one of the gays and one, and I'm I came from ballroom, I came from pageantry. So when we say cunt, that was a it term was like of endearment. Yeah. But I said cunt. Me and my gay friends were saying cunt in front of some white women that we used to work with, and she turned around. Why are you being so disgusting? <laughs> and I was like, huh? And then she gave us the whole the whole synopsis of what that really meant to them. Like, that was the dirtiest word. And you were like, no, we, we've reclaimed it. I was like, oh. <laughs> I, and I had to apologize. Like, I am so sorry. And, I, and then I had to tell her why that was a term of endearment for us. Mm-hmm. And it kind of leveled itself out. But I was like, oh, I said something wrong. Yeah. Watch what you say. Yeah, you know. Know your audience. Know who, know who you're speaking to. I am assuming that you have, don't know what the term fun sexual is. But just hearing the word, what would you assume the word fun sexual meant? Things that lead to sexual endeavors, but in a fun way, or I would say fun way, or I would say a, oh, what the fuck is that word? Um, spontaneous way. Okay. So, in, in coming up with the word fun sexual, my, my thought behind it was like, sex is this beautiful thing. 
Okay. It feels great. It's amazing. And I feel like sometimes we get lost in the enjoyment of sex when we try to make it serious all the time. And I'm not saying that to say that sex is not supposed to be a serious thing. Like, there are serious ramifications and repercussions of, mm-hmm. of having sex and stuff. But it is still meant to feel good. It is still meant to be fun. It's for still, both you're still of me- you For everybody. Doing you're it. still meant to laugh. Like, you know, it's meant to be this enjoyable thing. And I feel like sometimes, even in BDSM, I feel like BDSM goes really dark and heavy all a lot of the time. Where there's a light side of BDSM, there's the playful side of BDSM yes. that that people and I think that shock value in social media, everybody loves the shock right. value. They love the thing that they can turn into a clip that is going to make people say, "Oh, I got to see yeah. that" or whatever. But and because it's all about the look, you know what I'm saying? It is unfortunately, it's all about the likes. It, it is unfortunately, <laughs> um, but. I wanted to like soften it up a little bit and get back to the fun parts of sex. Okay. And so this episode, I'm really excited because one of the fun parts of sex that we get to talk about, and sometimes it doesn't even involve sex, is what you do as far as fire play. So I've been seeing it getting around a lot more on social media and the mm-hmm. kink spaces and the black kink spaces, people doing fire play. Shout out to you, uh, Marvelous, Sir Marvelous. I see what you're doing out here in these New York streets. So can you tell me your like fire play like origin story? How did you get into it? Where were you? Like what sparked that interest? First of all, is fire play considered edge play? Yes. Okay. What is Sensor- edge play for people who don't sensory know? Sensory or edge. So edge play is basically something that is like more dangerous than anything. Um, Things like knife knives play. And- yeah, knife play, gun play. Is choking? Um, is is asphyxiation considered yes. edge? Okay. Um, uh, knockout play. Is kind of more what we call it knockout. That's still the strangulation. Okay. See blackout. Yeah. It's called knockout play. Yeah. Knockout play. Um. Oh well. No. Let me let me clear myself. (laughs) Okay. So there's asphyxiation play, and that's with the. You gotta make sure you're talking towards the mic. That's that's asphyxiation play is more about the which call it. Then you have auto asphyxiation when you do it to yourself. No. And then knock yourself out. But then um, another part of that edge play is the knockout play, and so part of knockout play can go from either someone doing it where it literally can be hits. It literally can be drugs. Oh wow! So knockout play is a bigger thing that's in the gay in the gay community. And, okay. Um, <laughs> the gayer I'll, community. Because yeah, <laughs> all this shit to me is gay. Um, um, it it can get it can get really bumpy into what you call knockout play. Because um, at first, when I first heard about it, it was basically the drugs. But then they said, no, it's more than the drugs. This is about literally getting knocked the fuck out or the drugs or... or is that... A, that I'm, just, I'm assuming that that's something that's not going to happen in a club, though. That's not a way people are playing in a club. Oh, oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> there are... Because even there, as, a dungeon, as a dungeon master, I would imagine you see some shit like that. You'd be like, yo, so, chill out. So let me tell you what part of the dungeon master part is. Literally, when you're doing the scene, you're supposed to let the dungeon master know what's going on. Or if you're doing a racier thing race play, something like that. Um, you're supposed to let the dungeon master know so they know what to look for. They'll know if you're doing it right or wrong. Most time the dungeon master has been around long enough to know what to look for and what not to disturb. Mm-hmm. But they also, um, if you're going to be doing this knockout play and shit like that at a club or at an event, as long as the DM knows, if somebody else interferes or tries to interfere, we can... Interview, yeah, yeah. They've already discussed this. That's what that was within their uh, their consent, and that's that's what they're doing. So you don't have to worry. If it's a problem for you, we can escort you over here to this space until it's done. Mm-hmm. And that's how I operate this stuff. I, I knock a lot of shit out before it happens. Um, but also because of the spaces that I've been in, 
I know who does what. Yeah. So when it gets to that point, a lot of times they don't even have to tell me because I can look at their play pad and know, oh, they about to do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, she about to, oh, she, oh, she about to get this. <laughs> <laughs> you say that oh. and my mind went to one specific person. When we were talking about in uh, LA, my mind went to one specific person because I've still, I've never met a masochist like that in my life. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I, I can look at their play pad. I know the person and then I know the bag <laughs> or the box yeah. or the roller or whatever. And you be like, okay, it's one of them nights. Or I'll be like, <laughs> Or I'll tell them and be like, okay, that's a new person. Are they are they up to it? You know, because some people, some people walk in, they be like, oh, they ain't new. They from such and such and such and such. And I've seen their videos and shit. Are they okay. up to it? Because, you know, you crazy. <laughs> Push it to the limit. <laughs> so, so then, we, so when we talk about that, and that's part of edge play. Um, it's also part of sensory play. Mm. So, my main kinks are, are sensory uh, light bondage and, and impact. And I started in Impact. Okay. Uh, my hands. <laughs> I hands. They legendary in I the got street. Hands. Um, I started with the Impact play, and then I went into the sensory play. Um, one of my kinks is uh, sensory overload. Ooh, okay. So, how I got into the fire play was um, when I came into the leather community. I didn't know what my specific kink was, and so I was still trying to fish for it as I was pledging Onyx. Um, I am a part of Onyx New York Northeast. What is um, Onyx New York Northeast? So Onyx is a leather uh, patch organization for gay, bisexual, pansexual, fluid men, um, and trans men are all on an equal level. So as a full member, you have the large patch on your back. As an associate member, you have the small patch. As an associate member, can be anyone, women, men, women, non-binary, whatever. But to get a full patch, which which grants you voting rights and office, you have to have large patches. You have to be a man, a person of color. Uh, we have no Caucasian, whatever you want to call it. The whites. The whites. YTS. <laughs> uh, we don't have any of those in office. So they will not be able to sway our rules or how we operate. Mm-hmm. We currently have nine full chapters and we're regional. Uh, but now we're branching. I just looked on our website. I think we have two other chapters that are about to start. Uh, we do have a sister organization, which is the Onyx Pearls. Ew. They are in every area that you'll see Onyx. Um, so you can go to onyxmen.com and that'll lead you to all of it and answer any other questions because the, the website is really to it. And it'll take you to the regional websites so that you'll know who those people are, mm-hmm. those officers, what events are happening. Because we do, every chapter is responsible for monthly events. So you have to involve. And so our biggest thing is education. Uh, generally, everybody that is a person of honest can teach something Okay. in the king scene. Um, exploring, having those uh, those BIPOCs bi- in your Bipoc. area <laughs> to help um, to explore with those are people that you could call mm-hmm, on, mm-hmm. Um, and just being good with it and empowerment and empowering yes. the people. If you think about anything that has to do with leather, and you think about any of the leather organizations or the big um, big conferences, there is a person of Onyx sitting on a panel or within something. It's there dope. is there you can't. We are the number one largest club from the Pantheon. Okay. Uh, because we are a large club. So just 
if you see somebody with that patch on, approach them, ask them questions. They will help, or they will direct you to someone else that can help. And a question that I get a lot of times when I talk about pretty much anything, people are like, how can I get into that? So this is a good resource. If, if the leather community is something yes. that you might be interested in, definitely check out that site. Check out the Instagram yep. page. The basis of all, you want, you definitely want to get your knowledge. And whatever it is that you want to get Everything. get into, please, learn about it. Ask questions. Pay somebody straights, to teach you. We work with the straight. <laughs> We work with all the straight. <laughs> we work with we'll all of us. We'll <laughs> we work with everyone. So, so what but, was your uh, your fire play uh, like origin story? How so, did how did you? So when I was becoming Onyx and I was pledging, uh -huh. and so pledging takes uh, uh, between six to eight months okay. to get through your your um, learning your histories and things. Mm -hmm. um, you come to find out what it is the kinks are. So okay. there was a long list. That they gave us one day in class, and we had to mark off the shit that we knew we were that we were into. Mm -hmm. Well, half the shit I didn't know what the fuck it meant. <laughs> so as they were saying it to me, I was like, "Damn, I did that. I did that. I had damn near did three fourths of the list, but I didn't know what it was because you I didn't wasn't know the in the, the vocabulary. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know the vocabulary. So that's one of my classes I teach. <laughs> um, so at that point. I had saw one of my Onyx brothers from Midwest chapter, which is our founding chapter, mm -hmm. uh, do fire play on one of our other brothers at IML, which is International Mr. Leather, which they just passed. Uh, they just had one. It was two weeks ago. Oh. So we have a new Mr. IML. Um, I saw him do it, and I was like, ooh, they do that? <laughs> you can put that on people like that? I want to do that with <laughs> So. I used to twirl fire baton for my college. Okay. So, you know, I knew about all of that type you was of stuff. Already, you were already, already into it. I already did the fire, but it's a little bit different because we use kerosene sometimes or we use uh, white gasoline okay. to do fire batons and stuff, and the materials are a little bit different. Um, so I knew some protocol. I've taken fire classes with the fire department and stuff like that years ago. Mm -hmm. So I knew certain things. So when I come to find out that we could do this with alcohol... And I could put it on the body. I was like, oh, I want to get into You was like, shit. oh, I'm in. So what happened was <laughs> that same brother ended up relocating to New York okay. for his job. And I, it, what happened was we were having a, one of the pledges was having a party at his house. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, it's called Sins of the Flesh. It was a Halloween party. And basically everybody was just whatever. That sounds sexy. So the next thing I know, we're outside in the backyard. And mind you, all I got on... Is some chaps and an apron that I made. I had made this badass damn apron mm -hmm. out of um, uh, denim. And I had a upholstery needles that was this long sticking through it. And I did my eyes like I was the uh, executioner. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm thinking like, okay, this is going to be fun for the day. To try to shut down. Go ahead. Again? No, go ahead. Do your thing. So, after that, I turn around. He comes downstairs. He was like, Bobby, so I'm going to put you on the table for tonight. I said, what do you mean put me on the table? He's like, oh, we're going to do fire play. He didn't ask me. He said, <laughs> we're like, doing no, fire we're doing play. Fire play. He was like, I already have somebody to do the wax. <laughs> I was like, huh? And so, that's how I ended up doing it that night. So that was my first him. time. I bought him for, for, for my first time. Um, and I fell asleep on the table. Mm -hmm. I loved it. Um, there are certain aspects of fire play that I don't like, and that's because I don't like stingy shit. Okay. So sometimes there's a thing we call, like, marimba and you drumming. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of it on a lot of Yes, people. I've seen this. And then, <laughs> but, uh, to have it done on me, I'll be like, okay, bitch, get off that spot. Like, <laughs> get out the way. Ow. <laughs> um, and shout out to Marvelous again, because last night, 
Marvelous picks me up from the airport. He and Siphon picked me up. And so I actually let them do a scene on me last night. Oh, dope. And I let, I told him, I said, just do what the fuck you do. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to do a massage. He was like, just do what the fuck you do. <laughs> and I let him go way further than I went with a whole lot of people. Because I am very particular about the shit that happens Are to you me. a switch? I'm not a switch. Okay. But I will... Bottom, bottom for, for demos. I will bottom for shit for people to get the education on it. Yes. Um. I I do have a high pain tolerance. Okay. So I allow a little bit more shit. But then when it just get out of the way, I'd be like, <laughs> and I had them laughing because I cannot keep a serious face when people try to do the, um. You know you like this shit. That shit has me rolling. I can't. I cannot keep a straight face through that shit. Um, I, I'm silly. Period. As, yes. As so, um, but, so, I am the one that's responsible for uh, him doing his fire play Dope. and moving forward. And so, that was a good thing last night because um, him doing fire play on me and I wasn't scared to let him do it. And this is my pupil doing this on me. It's a full circle moment. And it worked. And it was, it was correct. Yes. It wasn't, he didn't hesitate. He didn't do all... You know, a lot of times I teach a lot of people and then sometimes they still hesitate and it'd be two or three years later and they're still hesitant. Yeah. He flowed with it last he's, night. He's been doing it, like Marvelous has been in a lot of scenes. He's been doing the podcast, yes. the expos, the shows, the yes. parties and all that stuff. So yes. he's like, he's, de- he's definitely getting his practice yes. in. For yes. sure. Um, for sure. So that was part of it. But what happened was, how I really got into it is I was working at a club called Decadence. And this is with under... Um, Cat and Master Joshua. So Master Joshua was also a member of Onyx at the time. And are these people uh, still in New York? They're still in New York. They okay. still do things. And I'm gonna get into that part too. Uh, one of my other organizations is called the Kink Collective. The Kink Collective are members in the Kink community. We are a very eclectic bunch. When I say that, meaning uh, all gender roles and pre- presentations, all sexualities and presentations, all nationalities. Like, we have somebody in every nationality mm-hmm. within the Kink Collect, And it's only maybe like 24, 25 people. Okay. So, one of the things that we did was we had Media Mondays, where we would go in on Monday, go into the club, and then whatever everybody wanted to do, they put out their new toys mm-hmm. and shit like that. And they made video. Whoever wanted to bring their camera, they took pictures. So, we had content. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Wednesdays where we had... Um, Topping classes, okay. where you learn how to wield different instruments and things like that. That's dope. That's the shit. Um, that's the shit that needs to be brought back. More education based. But you gotta like, have a space. Yes, yes. But there, there's so many fucking spaces. It's New York. That's been the part. When I say we have to have a space, cat owned that space, okay. so it was free. Okay. Okay. But if I go somewhere else, I got to get them thirteen hundred dollars for a night. Okay, I feel you. You see what I I'm saying? You. And I don't have that. I feel you. <laughs> um. So we were able to do stuff like that. So now, working in decadence, um, I was asked to DM a party. Mm-hmm. That's how I ended up working there. Okay. I ended up DMing a party. Um, this is my first time, and this is when I learned about now I really have to ask people what they do. Because um, Joshua did a scene with Kat, and I'm sitting on the couch, and they're like really where their stool is at. Mm-hmm. And... This was a very hardcore impact scene to the point there was blood. There was. Ooh, 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 that's where I draw the line. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> and this is happening in my face, and I'm damn near in tears because this is bringing me back 
I'm triggered mm. because this is taking me back to me dealing with my mama and my dad and shit like that. So I I'm triggered. Yeah. Now mind you, there's a fire scene going on over here. There's people making out on the couch right there. <laughs> there's a line of couches and there's people up there making out and people laying in cuddle puddles and shit. Yes. There's somebody getting a uh, spanking over here. There's but the a person fire, being the fires will got you. I mean the impact person, will got you. Yeah, there was a person getting uh, suspended over here. There was another spanking bitch. There was a cross right here. But this is the scene that I was watching the most out of all of them as I'm sitting there making sure that the crowd. But there's other DMs there. Mm -hmm. uh, this is before we became Kink Collective. Mm -hmm. And so I'm watching them, trying to see all of the stuff that's going on because I'm making sure that everybody's okay. You know, We have in-house submissives that bring the water for aftercare or help the person to the aftercare couch, which is in another room. Mm -hmm. Um this is where I get this from. Um, any party that Kat had, before we would even let play happen, you had to be there at a certain time. To hear the consent speech? It's more than consent speech. Okay. There was a whole front of the club that's about the size of this. Mm -hmm. We had a kitchenette. We had hors d'oeuvres. We had drinks. You had to get to know the people that yes. were in the room. So you, we would switch tables. We, we had high boys. And you switched around the tables and the couches and you sit and you got to talk to the people. And I would come in and be like, ooh, guess what I bought? <laughs> and so other people in the room saw what it is that you had and you talked about it. At 9.45, she cut the music off. She told everybody to pay attention. They introduced the staff members. They introduced who the DMs were. They introduced... Uh, your people that were working your bar, your co-check, everybody was introduced. Mm -hmm. So you knew who these people were anytime that you came in there. Uh, also, she did a small introduction. Your name, what's your availability, are you looking to play, Think around mm -hmm. the room. And then she gave the actual consent speech and what consent looked like. They actually did a scene, mm -hmm. a small scene, of how consent is supposed to work. So that you have a clear understanding there is that... no, I didn't know that. I didn't know. No. It was lined out. You saw and, um, you know, there were some language barriers, mm -hmm. but we knew how to work with that. So if I saw something go wrong, I didn't immediately kick a person out the club. I brought that person to the office and we had a speech about it and we talked about it. What okay. was going wrong with it? Because sometimes... And then you kicked them out? It depends on what it is. <laughs> Reason being, because some people don't even know that they're making a consent violation. Everything can be, but you don't know what it is that you're doing. Everybody don't know. And that's one of the reasons why we have these problems that we have because you don't know. What is me kicking you out and then you go to somewhere else and you do it again? And, and that's what I was talking to one of my girlfriends about that. She was like, you just, you she was like, people need to be educated. You can't just kick people out because they're going to go to another space and they're going to do fuck it in another again. space. And, they don't now, know what they do and now that person's going to see it and be like, well, I don't go to the clubs because, you know, they be doing all this stupid shit up in it. That was, that was, I know. took a, a, a high year off. I took my hiatus in 2019. 2019 was a hell of a year because I had just moved back from, um, I came into the lifestyle in the DMV. Okay. Um, and so I came up here, was up here for a couple months. I was like, all right, let me, you know, get my feet wet. I, I, my friends weren't kinky. My family up here. I didn't know, I didn't know anybody really in the scene up mm -hmm. here. So I was like, let me just go to a club. I went to a club in New York. I went to fucking Labyrinth. I don't know if you know of it. I know Labyrinth very much. And <laughs> I went there I, one night there, and I was like, I'm leaving the lifestyle. This was great, and I'm out. And and I took a, almost a full year off after going there. Because, mm. like, they just, the the understanding of consent across, it's not one understanding of consent across the board. Everybody has their different understandings. Mm -hmm. 
and it's not again it's not a hard i think that consent is a very is a blanket concept but people don't see it that way and so they were moving a little too crazy up here and i was like i'm not coming back into the lifestyle and then every word this i'm gonna put this out there every word that you come up with so if you come up with a word like you should find sexual it's gonna be a whole now, bunch of different understandings of it. Now you need to do the uh, what we did in school where you made the branch from that. Mm-hmm. The Latin roots. Yeah, that has to be done for everything that you put out there. I agree. And consent needs to be done like that so that you understand that there's many operations or many I think different that, looks of that consent. I think that consent should have a blanket definition. In, in kink spaces, I think consent should have a blanket definition. Well, it's we all, all the, the blanket by. statement is just ass. Literally. Literally, that's what it just is. Just ass. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so in Fireplay. So then, in, in, in what happened was, in Decadence, we have uh, service tops, which are the people that will do demonstrations on you. Uh-huh. Demos across the board with the kinkiest. So if you see mm-hmm. something that you like... Uh, can I try that? Are you open to this? Yes. That. So at Decadence, we have five other fire tops. So that's basically where I got my skill play from mm-hmm. by watching them. My big sister, Teresa. Big brother, Joshua. Um, who else was at the club at that time? Uh, big Papa was there. Um, oh, Shermie. Sh- is like the... We call that's like the deity of fireplay for New York City, um, and so I knew what I was doing because I'm a kinesthetic learner, so I learn by doing. Mm-hmm. But what happened was Shermie had a class there. He was teaching fireplay. He was doing couples, and they didn't have enough fire bottles, so I fire bottle for the class. So that's okay. me learning some extra shit from the class. And then I didn't get a chance to see Shermie for a while. But by that time, they had me working in the club like everybody else. So, literally, like I said, we would have our sessions where they talked and stuff like that. You set up your scenes before you even went into the back. Mm-hmm. So, they'd be like, Teresa got five people to do. I got three. Uh, Pup Kenzo. Shout out to Pup Kenzo. I follow Pup Kenzo. That's the person I was talking about. Mr. Eagle. Four. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mr. Eagle. Um, he would have his three or four people. You know, so we already had our scenes set up. And what it is is whoever got there first took out their fire kit and set that on the table. And everybody just used your shit. It was no sense of, you know, keep switching it out. And what happened was the difference is we started doing parties outside of Decadence itself. Mm-hmm. And I ended up becoming a resident fire player. Okay. Uh, because I was moving fast in the skill. I wasn't just in it. So just to let you know what I mean by moving fast, I was going from one or two scenes a day to doing maybe eight or nine people a night. Then it got to the point where it got so heavy that I was working decadence, paddles, uh, pendulum. Um, and then I was doing Chris. Shout out to Debosh. Yes. I was doing Chris's parties. I was organizer. I was doing dub. So dub exclusive. I was doing dub's parties. And I was literally, for nine months straight, every single weekend, I was doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, somewhere. And I was doing, I was doing maybe between, I would say the lowest number I would do would be about five, but up to 16 people a night. Did you ever burn out? Like, I know for me, I was burnt out within maybe the fourth month, but I'm also a fighter because to me now, I have to do this. If I come to your party and I felt like I started this, I'm the only one that can end that, you know. And it got to the point to where there were people that would come into certain people's parties just because I was coming, mm-hmm. just to get the experience of the fire play. I had mm-hmm. regulars at a lot of different places. Um, 
and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. So, dun, dun, dun. um, by that time, in my first year, I had done over seventeen hundred scenes. That is amazing. So when I was, my mom and and then and Joshua and and Kat was like, um, it's time for you to teach. And I was like, huh? It was like you're one of the best fire tops that we've had around. And he said, and you're a black man, mm-hmm. and we don't have that many of them that can actually walk into a club. I can go into any club in New York and do fire play. <laughs> I've, I've, I've actually yeah. learned that because they, now they know of my name as a fire marshal. Mm-hmm. And Teresa's the one that gave me that name. Mm-hmm. Um, that was So they had a night where all of them had, had went out of town, and so it was just me and Pup there. And so when they got back in town, they, they came to the party. Mm-hmm. And so they were looking around like, so y'all want to play tonight or whatever? And if he was like, nah, Bobby already did so Teresa was like, also, there we got the fire marshal in the house, like that. And then that shit and stuck. And fire marshal stuck. And that stuck. I like it. It fits. It's very, it's very, very fitting. So if fire play, you know, edge play in general are mm-hmm. things that you just have to be very particular about. Like there is yes. that education like I was talking about before. How is fire play done safely? Like what are, what are safety things that you have to have in place when you're doing fire play? Okay. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to put it like this. And everything that's kink, there are three sides to it. It can be sensual, it can be therapeutic, or it can sadistic. be sadistic. Mm-hmm. So I take more to the sensual side and the therapeutic side of everything. One of my goals is to have my own spa. Um, so if you see my tools and stuff, that's why it looks in a, a certain aesthetic. Mm-hmm. So within building my aesthetic, I have to put safety protocols within my aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I have to know what it is that I'm using when I touch the and body. You, I have to have certain things in, in retrospect to do the fire play. Even though I'm going for a look, I got to be able to make sure that it's safe for me to use. Mm-hmm. So, in that safety, like some of the things that I teach, I actually have a class where I teach uh, the safety of um, fire-based kinks. So, that's fire, fire cupping, um, and wax. You saying that made me think when we were in um, L.A., I remember you saying... Why would I put something on somebody that I wouldn't do to myself? And, yeah. and you were like, and you can't be, if you're going to do fire play, you can't be afraid to get burnt. You cannot. <laughs> you can't be um, afraid of the fire. I will not teach anyone that I don't feel that can multitask, one, or that I feel that does not pay attention. Okay. Because when you're as a fire top, it's really not about you. It's about the bottom because you got to pay attention to a lot of things that's going on. If I you say you're a fire top and I never see you beat your hand with it or I never see you go over your own arm with it, I'm not playing with you. Mm. because I need to know that you can even handle the heat. If you can't handle it, then you sure can't put it on nobody else. Mm-hmm. When I teach my actual fire class, which is called Heated 101, Ow. you do not... I, part of my class is you have to bottom for it to learn the class. If you refuse mm-hmm. to bottom, you lose your money. That's okay. It. So your bottom is going to top you, you're going to top the bottom. <laughs> what y'all do outside of that, that's y'all. <laughs> um... This is where I get into the experience about, and this I do this with all kings though. This is the experience. You cannot know exactly what you're doing to a person if you've never had it done to mm-hmm. you. And I'm even talking about that with insertables, and a lot of people don't understand that. Fire insertables? Not fire oh. insertables, but just insertables, period. Like, okay. There's men that want to fist somebody. Get fisted one time and see how much you like this shit. It's amazing. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of men, they just want to beat the shit out of a yeah. person. Or do that. See if they can take a whip. I didn't I say you have to like that, it. I, must, I don't think that everybody. You, I don't think you have to bottom for everything. I don't. I think you should. You should. No, you need to experience it. This is why I say that. If I hit you with a whip, 
and I'm hitting you in a certain spot, mm-hmm. right? How do you know what that's making them feel like? You never okay. had it. That's fair. You don't know. That's fair. So you you can't even make up those combinations that you really want should be able to make up because you don't even know what to feel like. So with the fire, there's there's maneuvers that I do. There's certain ways that you pull and drag, the way you move the alcohol across the body uh, to do certain things. The parlor trick is the uh, when people think it's foam and it's just mousse. That's a parlor trick. That's <laughs> What about the, I saw somebody putting fire on their tongue and I was like, what? Yeah, so, and, and fire eating is a whole nother spectrum. And I oh don't even goodness. get into fire eating because I know a lot of people that have been actual hurt. Okay. So, fire eating is its own classification. Mm-hmm. I do not mix the fire eating or when you see people do a lot of the um, poi, fire poi. Uh-huh. Um, they're using a different chemical. That's when they're using white gasoline. Some of them are using butane. Uh, what I do for fire play for kink is alcohol. So, and then there's three different alcohols. I can't use liquor, regular drinking liquor. Like vodka? Yeah, I can use vodka. Oh, wow. Um, it doesn't burn as long. Okay. Because, you know, they take the consistency out of every damn thing. Okay. Y'all it's water drink- down. Y'all ain't drinking the, the real shit. Water down. Yeah, y'all ain't drinking the real <laughs> shit. Um, so, with that safety, some of the things that I'm going to look for. Like I said, if I see somebody pull out wines and they don't know how to even put it on themselves, mm. we're not playing. If there's no water source near you. I'm not playing. And what I mean by water source meaning, if there ain't no bucket of water, ain't no bottles of water standing around them, or no sink, no bathroom near, if I don't see them take a towel and the the towel is soaking, drenched wet, um, that's part of those. um, I need to see your alcohol contents because we use uh, certain numbers on here. So there's a 50, a 70, and a 91. And they're used for different things. A 50 burns a little bit it's warmer, but it doesn't burn as long. Uh, 70 is the general what we use across the board um, because I can do kind of all the things with it. 91 is when I want to get into some spectacular shit or I want it to get last longer or when I want to do these fireballs and mm-hmm. shit. I really want to set your ass ablaze. Um, <laughs> like a so, candlestick in this bitch. Right. And then there's moisturizers, and you want to watch the moisturizers. You use the oil wheel burn. So you have to... I think I'm probably the only fire top that actually moisturizes the body before I actually even start. Because most of them like dry skin, and I'm not about the dry skin thing. Okay. Because I'm actually dehydrating your body anyway. Okay. We're using the alcohol and then using the fire. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's why I lubricate the bodies before I do it. That's only my little thing. Nobody else does that. Um, But those are making sure that you're not next to like these textured walls. Mm -hmm. Um, the materials, painted surfaces and things like that can go up in flames faster. Um, wood doesn't burn as fast if it's treated, but untreated wood goes up. It's like a match. So have you had instances where something lit up in fire? So we were at, we were in Soho and we were at Ordain's place. Chef? Chef. Okay. Um, I was, I had my table set up behind me. And then I use, so my table is only going to be set up in two places. It's either going to be at the feet of the person or behind them. This is just across the board where mm-hmm. we do it for fire play. Those are the things that you want to do. Um, I had a table sitting, the long six-foot table, and then I had the guy on the, on the, thing, on the, uh, on the massage bed. Well, somebody was watching it, and he wasn't paying attention to what he was doing. And as I was doing fire play over here, he kicked the table. And the flame caught to the alcohol, the fumes of the alcohol, and the table went up. Oh, shit. 
Now, this is why I talk about multitasking and being a calm person. I turned around, I looked at it, I poured my water on there, I mopped up the table, I dipped my fire wines back in the new alcohol, and I turned back around and went and back kept to work. going. If you cannot do that, you cannot get into this. And you can't panic you, anyway. Because when you see panic. some shit like that, you can't just freeze. I can't let that bottom on the table think that they're in danger. I can't let the people in the room think that they're in danger or I'll never be able to work again. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some of the safety aspects. I took fire classes with the fire department in two different cities. Mm-hmm. I took first responders course, so I know how to deal with that. I've taken burn classes so that I know how to deal with certain burns. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taken regular medical classes. I wanted to be an EMT at one time, so I took some other classes before that, mm-hmm. before I even knew what kink was. Um, these are detrimental to you doing kink as a whole. Learn some of these to to deal with. Like, there's people that come to me, even though I'm on the fire table, mm-hmm. um, people will go do heavy impact and have wets and bleeding and shit like that. They bring and them they to me because oh. I clean it up with fire. I seal oh. the wounds back. Oh. So that's, that's what I'm that's saying. That's interesting. It, that's all part of it. There's, there's a lot of things that you can do with the skills that you learn. I wanted to I wanted to bottom for you when you were doing the cupping in LA at the uh at the pop dungeon. Um I had just done a really really awesome impact scene and then I came to you and you were like, I'm about to leave. It's time for me to catch my flight. Look, I was like, damn it, I missed my opportunity. I, I, I felt like the, the fire was gonna like soothe my little welts and stuff like that. I was excited. Like, so it, it can be like it was more intense be. on you mm. at that point when you a lot of times, a lot of people would go and do their other stuff first, and then they try to come to me last. Yeah. But you come to me too much late, I'm packing my shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's, it's a lot for me to pack. Yes. A lot of people don't understand. It's a lot for me to pack. It's a lot for me to carry. Yes. Um, and I like over here, I have my small bags, but I have shelves of shit. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm aesthetic about it, so I have different looks to That's pull. Um, my thing about being a top and this is with All King too, that when the bottom walks into the room, they should be able to see the setting and feel a certain way about it. Mm. And I agree, that and I agree, I agree with that. I definitely that is, agree with that. That sets my scene, and that allows me to relax. Because now I know that you ain't stressed about that shit, that I ain't got to be stressed about it. I, I definitely, definitely agree with that. When I see somebody's space, well, I mean, I'm bougie. So I like, I like for things to be a certain way. I like for the people that I play with, especially when I'm going to be doing something that's know a little bit more risky i want to make sure that you know what the fuck you're doing like my life is in your hands that's and the whole <laughs> like part. i need you to act accordingly that's the whole even when you're whooping somebody your, your life, life is, is in, in their, their hands. hands they can strike the wrong spots or like you know that it's 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 fun it's all you know it's all it's fun but no you have to know what the fuck you're doing y'all just don't know how many life. videos that i look at and then i see these crazy shit that these people be doing and you'll be praising these people and i'll be like she almost killed her I've seen things a couple times. I'm like, they're not supposed to be doing that right there. At all. Okay. And they're they're getting paid high dollar to get your ass whooped the wrong way. I am lucky enough um, to actually be, we're going to do a scene after we finish this episode. Um, It is not going to be on YouTube. So if you want to check out that scene, you can check it out on Excite Bunny. Once I release this episode, I will also put that scene up and link everything and all the things. So I'm actually lucky enough because this is my first time doing Fireplay. I'm really excited. I narrowed my legs yesterday and I know I missed a patch on one of them. So I I was like, I wonder if we can burn some hair off. We can burn some hair off my (laughs) legs. So I'm like, I am a band kid. So, uh, most all my years of schooling. I was um, a dancer in a band. 
I taught the dancers how to shave their legs with fire. How the fuck? Because that was back then when we were doing the fire, when I told you I did the fire baton, and there was some of the parts that we did. That was one of the things that we learned. Most barbers know how to trim your ends with fire. Mm-hmm. I've seen people do that in videos. So, all of, all of kink shit is literally skills that you use in the therapeutic world that also, we bring to kink, and we say that it's worse than from what need, it is. We were talking about how <laughs> innovation and, and tools and stuff come from, from need. So, it's funny because when Bobby got here... Bobby realized that he left his... Uh, I left my wands, wands in Detroit. The fire wands at home. <laughs> he was like, let's go to a dollar store. I'm going to buy the stuff and I'm going to make some wands. And he did the same thing when we were at uh, in LA for in the LA, Experience Covered event. I had to make a pair. Made, we, just, we was in the kitchen and you were just, we were just talking to you just in there making wands. So, for this week's Let Me Put Y'all On, Bobby is going to put you guys on to DIY tools. And, and the fact that you don't have to spend... Yeah, Good quality things, mm-hmm. the things they cost, they cost a pretty yeah. dollar. Yes, but you can make some of your own things. Get innovative, get creative, and let's see these wands that you just made so, as we were sitting here before we started recording. So you can make anything that you want. And one of the biggest things was when I got into fire play, and I was asking my brother to teach me. Mm-hmm. Make sure you talk to the mic. He didn't want to. Um, he didn't want. He really didn't want to teach me how to okay. do shit. He he's a I do it, look and learn. So. I couldn't find out where to get any fire wands. So I said, I asked questions about, okay, what are the fire wands made out of? And the first thing it was like, well, they're cotton heads. They use a metal bottom. You know, it was real blah, 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 blah. I was like, okay. So I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to make my what own. What I'm hearing is I could do this myself. <laughs> I'm going to make my own. I'm a big, a big crafting person. So I was like, I'm going to make my own shit. So I did. I literally, um. And I'm like I said, I'm aesthetic, so I went with some shit that I knew that nobody else had. Mm-hmm. And I went to a hardware store and I looked for aluminum base because I knew that aluminum doesn't get hot. Um, so I bought aluminum. Um, I forget what they call those screws. They have a bolt on them. Mm-hmm. They're about this long, and it has a ring on the end of it. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that was nothing that nobody else had. Mm-hmm. I did some fancy wrapping on the shit. And I said, I I was I bought the galls. So a traditional fire wands were made with um well American people made them with uh cotton galls. And how much how wrap. much is a traditional wand when you buy a traditional wand? Uh between I would say it's starting at twenty dollars, okay. but I've seen some like hundred and fifty. <laughs> depending on what they made them out of. Okay. Um so I was like, I'm gonna make them how the person said, you know, some part of what the person said. Mm-hmm. So I went and bought them damn gauze from Dwayne Reed, <laughs> Walmart. I mean, not Walmart, uh, Walgreens. Mm-hmm. Um, them motherfuckers, them gauze by itself was $20-something dollars for me to have enough to wrap both of them. Okay. And I was like, I'm not about to do that shit and have to replace these motherfuckers all Every time. Because so, how many uses can you get out of a wand? Like, how many scenes are you getting out of a wand? So that depends okay. on what materials I'm using. So, at that time, the, you know, the gauze are white or whatever. So, I made the wines. I was ecstatic about the shit. I was living in Jersey in East Orange. I made my little wine set. I got my little candle. I had burnt this candle out with the glass I love. Mm-hmm. So, I used that as my vessel. I laid my little paper out and shit. Like, I did all my little shit up. I made a video for it. <laughs> uh, I lit them wines, and them pieces went up, and it was pretty. And I was geeked about it. And so, I took them to Decadence, and I started using them. And the people were looking like, where the fuck you get them from? Grown, grown as shit. Um, so I wouldn't even let people know that I had actually made them. Uh And then when I released the video, they were like, You made them? I sure did. Uh, 
And so DIY your kink. Let's let's so, let's. So at that point, um, what I found out is they get dirty very fast. Mm -hmm. uh, when you're rubbing on the body, they get really, really dirty, and so the white would look disgusting at the end. So mm -hmm. I didn't want it. So, like I said, cotton gauze was the thing. So I said, well, what else can I find as cotton? Dish towels. Cotton dish rags from the so, Dollar General. I, I went to the Dollar General by his house and I bought some, uh, they were called bar mats. And it had it on every fucking color. Mm -hmm. And I was like. Black. No, I didn't. I, did, I was like, um, ooh, I'm going to get this gray set. Because at that time, my aesthetic, everything was gray. Okay. So I said, let me get this gray set. So I did. I cut the tile to the specifics. And um, I stitched them up. I do have a little bit of a hand sewing. Uh, my mom's a seamstress, so I learned how to do that. Uh, I cut the tile to the specific size that I wanted and I wrapped them and they worked so good for so long but the same thing happens after a certain while and a certain using them so many times they get dirty mm -hmm. so when I was working in the club that many times I was literally changing my wines every weekend Okay. Um, I was also changing them because of the color because mm -hmm. I was like oh well I'm going in the party I'm going to do a red this week yeah. I had red the matching red candles matching outfits I, I bought fire <laughs> I bought fire cups to match the colors that I wanted and the stuff like the big candles mm -hmm. and everything so all of my shit matched okay um so another day happened I left the wines again you got talking to the mic I, I left the wines again um <laughs> so I was on the road and I was like what the fuck am I going to use to make these fire wines and there was no which kind of store, so I ran into a a Lowe's. I was like, "Nah, you can find anything." There's you can. There's so much. We would call them um, convertibles. There's so many convertibles in hardware stores. You can all types of impact tools and stuff that you can make. So that's one of, just that's one of my things that I want to do. I actually want to have a munch at a Home Depot or a Lowe's. <laughs> And that's part of the talk that we a talk about and finding this shit. And like, yeah. I'm going to pass out sodas and shit to people that have. And we can talk about the shit that we can come up with mm -hmm. from the store. I like that. Um, so, I found these long-ass screws. Uh, screwdrivers. They had these blue and white handles to it, but they had the black rods mm -hmm. to it. And I bought those. I was like, I'm about to use these bitches. Bought my dish tiles right out of low. <laughs> and I bought some twine. And... That shit worked. There's a video of me using it. I think that was one of the actual first videos that most people saw me do. Mm. And it was at Chris' party when we were at Malika's Le house, organizer. which is where... Lay Organizer, which is stop, at... You gotta stop using people's names! What's um, <laughs> her name? Um, know, not, not, okay, go ahead. So, we were there. That's the love house. Mm -hmm. That was the love It wasn't the love she, house She's moving to her events, actually, to this space now. Because, okay. you know, she moved to Mexico. She moved to Mexico. She got rid of Love House, and now she's hosting her gotcha. events here. So, so now you know I got a lot of history going on. <laughs> <laughs> I was spaces. Um, at that space, that's where I took that video at that I was using these long-ass fucking handle wines. There's mm -hmm. another video I did when I was in uh, Rochester. And these big-ass things, these, they was torches. like, And that's what I did. I whooped her ass up that's there. <laughs> so, one of the things, so like I said, you can find things that are metal. I like metal better. I like a heavier wine in my hand. A lot of traditional wines are made with fondue sticks. And so they have the metal rod, but mm -hmm. then they have a wooden mm -hmm. handle. Those are too light for me. Okay. Um, I, I can't get the striking that I need from it. So, like I said, I cut the tiles into a specific size. And then what I do is I bought some screwdrivers. These are out of the dollar, out of the dollar store. Mm -hmm. um, 
one of the ways that I roll this, and I did this in front of one of the good friends that we just met while we were in in uh in LA, and he saw it, and as soon as he got home, he made a whole set. <laughs> so um, I take these. I usually tape this part to the actual thing, and then I roll it. You roll those blunts. You know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh -huh. um, and so when you get to a desired size, so with this, like you can add material to this, or you can take it away. Uh, remember that the more material that you make, the more alcohol that it holds, that the more the flame is going to work, or it can actually burn a lot longer. Mm -hmm. um, you want to make sure that you're not burning your wines too far, because then you burn them up, and then you destroy the material. Okay. So, uh, once you get it to this spot, then you're going to take some twine, and I'm just going to do this real quick, because this usually takes a lot of time. And just be wrap, 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 wrap. Wrap that thing up. Um, it's not hard, but if you don't have that type of hand build, then it will be hard for you. You get one good secure piece on there, and then you'll continue to wrap down. Turn it over. This is secure it one way. Turn it down. Rub it again. You want to get this as tight as you can. And you want it tight as you can because you do not want this to slide off. That's another reason why I use the tape. And then I could actually end this with this. And it won't be the most prettiest thing, but the, the work will be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this um, is the, the, the official done fight, you, you know. You want to clean these edges up on here because you don't want shit hanging off of it. Um, you'll start seeing sparks or shit fly into the air. You mm -hmm. don't want that. So if you do it right and you finally take the time, it'll come out something like this. This is still raggedy. I was just doing some shit. That looked nice to me. This is raggedy. <laughs> <laughs> Shows um, how much I know. So one of the things that you must do when you're making your toys, you need to try them out. You need to test them before you put them on someone else. I actually have another picture on my Instagram where I was trying out some new fire cups and I literally burnt my nipple. <laughs> So yeah, you wanna, I don't mean to laugh at you. You want to try? You want to try the shit? I always try out my shit on me before I put it on someone mm. else. So this is seventy percent alcohol. This is the vessel that I use for this look, which is amber glass, which helps out especially when you do oils and things like that. It keeps the consistency in the oil and it doesn't make it ferment. Okay. Um, I usually let this sit for a second and let it get the alcohol all the way through to get to all of the material. Um. So, now, if I'm doing this and I'm actually, like, at a table and I'm getting ready to do this, I do have another garbage can that's usually at my feet that you don't see. And then I'll just take the excess alcohol off of it so that I'm not dripping alcohol anywhere because mm -hmm. that's actually a cardinal sin within the fireplace is dripping. And I actually do it on purpose. Uh, <laughs> you do not want this to hang over that like I was just getting ready to do. So, I move that out of the way. <laughs> and you do want to test your fire wands to make sure that they catch a flame. And I swirl it around a little, and I get it going. I'm also testing the material, like, to make sure that this is not hot. Mm -hmm. um, because, remember, I do have to touch this. Yes. I like this because this screwdriver has rubber grip But do you it. have to then worry about the rubber, like, melting or something? No. Okay. It's never really going to even get to that, but I won't be holding it like yeah. that. Yeah. Ever. Um, I let this burn out the first time around. So, I'll let it keep on going until it gets out of there. And you'll be able to see all of that. See, Your army gonna have no hair. I'm trying to get rid of it. <laughs> uh, 
And so, like, this is, is, is going to die down. And that also allows me to know how long I have a when doing the scene before it actually burns out. So when you start seeing it flicker like this, there's not enough alcohol in it. And usually I'll put it out before that because I don't want to burn the material. Yes. And so this is actually the really well done. This is actually right. <laughs> Kudos and, to you. And it's, and it's ready to go to use. And what you do is, because if I do a couple of bodies or something like that, yes, the alcohol kills the bacteria and stuff in it. But I still want to get the alcohol out. So I'll just run them under some... Uh, some warm water and I depending on how many bodies I did I may put a little bit of antibacterial soap on it mm. and just keep squeezing yeah. it out just until I got it. it and gets it back in and it's it's ready to use the next time you know you may have to soak in the alcohol a little bit longer if it's still wet on the inside to get the water out to get the all of the water out because the alcohol actually has water in it that's what a lot of people don't know the alcohol still has water in it, and that's the reason why I'm able to do this and give me timing to put it out. Got you. So if you was to see my arm, all of this hair is gone. <laughs> you can smell it, smell like a beauty salon now. Um, and so you just wipe this off and keep on going with on with your life. Dope. So, you know, get, get creative, guys. Get yeah. innovative. Like, a lot of people don't know what they can do Shitty. until they do it, you know? So- Shitty. Shittier. And then, this week's, but they work. This week's <laughs> let me put y'all on it is DIY, DIY and your tools. Um, so in honor of this week's episode, the playlist. If you don't know what the playlist is, the playlist is songs to play to. The song that I am adding to the playlist this week is The Fire We Make by Alicia Keys and Maxwell. Um and this is a great song. I was like, this is a perfect one. And so um before we get out, two more things. One. I want you to leave everybody with an affirmation. You have to gradually do things to graduate in it. I always talk about the importance of education and learning your craft. Mm -hmm. Learn your craft. Practice your craft. You're not going to be a professional when you first do it. And that's with nothing. Get good at it. Take the time to get good at it. Learn the intricacies. And and, and And never settle. Yeah. Never settle. Continue to learn. Even when you are the professional. Continue to learn. And um, before we actually head out, can you give people where they can follow you, how they can support you, uh, if they want to hire you for sessions or for shows or for parties, like all that information, okay. if you could drop all that information. So I put together a links page, um, and it's L-I-I-N-K-S dot C-Zero or C-O backslash pro, P-R-O, ho, H-O-E. F-O-F-O-E, show, S-H-O. <laughs> and on there, you can actually get to my art page also, which is Bobby Black, and it's spelled B-L-V-X-Q. Because um, I am an artist, more, more so than anything. Um, on that page, it will give you the listing. It has all of my pay links. It has my operations of how I do things. If you want to get the fire class, I do teach privately, but I also teach... Um, in group settings, um, all of the pricing is there. Mm-hmm. Um, how to contact me is mm-hmm. there. All of my social links are always updated. I'm on Twitter. That's mainly just me posting me. <laughs> much on there. Um, my Instagram is the d a h pro p r o ho h o e show s h o. Um, I don't have a lot of followers on there, so I know people are going to look at it because I think I'm shadow banned because of my telephone number and my IP address. Uh. So I don't have a lot of followers on there, but it is open. Um, 
I check out the work, yeah. support the artists, support the creatives, learn your craft. Uh-huh. If it's something that you are interested in doing, hire somebody to yep. check you to, to teach you. Check out yep. check out the black creatives, okay? It's there. It's there um, for you. So with that being said, I'm gonna say first of all, thank you to you, thank you. for coming. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for chatting with me. I'm really excited to do my scene. You guys can check out the scene. Um, it is going to be on my Excite Bunny at um, What Would Maj Do on Excite Bunny? Um, and that is going to be in the um, show notes and the links and the things of the sort. So that's it. I'm gonna yeah. piece it out. Give him one of these, and we out.